Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome back to C4C. In a previous video, I explained how the term cast out must be understood contextually and not a blanket definition just thrown about every passage we see it. Understanding the context is one of the most basic rudimentary principles within uh, exegesis and interpretation. In that particular video, I explained how a Christian can be cast out, but not in a sense of losing position relationship with God, but in a sense of fellowship with God. You see, a Christian's salvation is secure because of what Christ did and because of God's promise, not on anything that we can do or anything that we have to maintain. So what I want to do in this particular video is I want to explain uh, another troubling passage to many. I want to explain what it means to be cast out, if you will, and how it applies to unbelievers in what's known as the sheep and the goat judgment in Matthew chapter 25. Now, let me state a couple of things first and foremost up front. Know that there are varying views within even free grace theology that explains what this passage is talking about. Many of those views are very, uh, very good and consistent with a grace alone by faith alone uh, understanding of the plan of salvation. This video is just my personal uh, studies, if you will, my exegesis on Matthew 25, 36, 31 through 46 because of the study I personally did, not because of what I've read, what I've heard, or what I saw uh, from the pulpits or any other YouTube channels. So I encourage you to do your own personal study and don't just regurgitate what you may see here or uh, listen to or see. Oh, yeah, exactly. Second, the discussion around this passage has been going on for centuries. You and I would be naive if we think that we can settle the debate on what this passage means by this particular video. So no, we're not going to settle this debate. But what it may do is help shift somebody's understanding from a work-based salvation uh, in this passage to a consistent grace alone by faith alone message seen by this passage in Matthew 25. Finally, while I know I'm going to be misquoted and misunderstood, I'm saying upfront works have no role within somebody's salvation in obtaining or maintaining salvation. I am not teaching a works-based uh, salvation here. Works have never been a part of uh, justification, whether in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, or in this period we're going to be looking at. And a genuine believer can never be proven by their works in man's eyes. Only God can see the heart of man to see who is a genuine believer or who is not. You and I can't discern that. We have to take everybody's testimony or word for it, or we can question their testimony, but we cannot definitively say you are or are not a Christian. Now let's get into this passage. You see here in Matthew 25, 31 through 46, there's a teaching that's known as the sheep and the goat judgment. Many people state this is a parable, but I don't believe it's a parable because oftentimes parables are identified clearly as a parable, or it's alluded to by saying the kingdom of heaven is like and then he goes on, talks about different aspects of the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, I don't believe the sheep and the goat judgment is a parable, but rather a particular teaching on this topic, which is going to occur at the end of the tribulation period. I see this because it's part of the Olivet Discourse. Olivet Discourse begins back in Matthew chapter 24 and answers three questions that the apostles ask. When will Jesus Christ return? What are the signs of his return? And what are the signs of the end of the age? And so here in Matthew 25, in verses 31 through 46, it has to deal with one of those three questions. Now in Matthew 25, 31, Jesus introduces the teaching by saying, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, 
and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon his throne of glory. This can be paralleled with Revelation 19 verse 11, where Jesus returns on a white horse along with the armies of heaven that we see in verse number 14. You see, I believe that when Jesus is setting up this teaching, he's clearly referring to the fact of his second coming, his coming at the end of the tribulation period to work on establishing the millennial kingdom or the messianic kingdom in this judgment that happens prior to. In this passage, we're going to see four classifications or groups. We're going to see nations, sheep, goats, and my brethren, if you will. Now, my brethren is a reference to the Jewish people. And if this is during the end of the tribulation period, then the my brethren that it's speaking of is the Jewish remnant, the Jewish believers. We see this because in Zechariah 13, verse number 8, two-thirds of the Jewish people during the tribulation period will be killed. Only one-third of the Jewish people will be the believing remnant, and they will endure the tribulation period and flee to the hills. Now, while some people see nations as countries during that period, I don't believe that's the case at all, because in verse 34, we see that the kingdom is inherited, and in verse 41, some are sent into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. This is a clear reference to hell. So whoever these are, they're being cast into hell. I don't ever recall reading that nations or countries can inherit the kingdom or that nations and countries are sent to hell. Now, the Greek uh, for uh, nations, if you will, is the Greek ethnos, and it can refer to ethnic groups, ethnic peoples. Now, oftentimes, especially in apocalyptic literature, nations is a term designated for Gentile people, just people that are not Jewish. Therefore, when Jesus returns, verse 31, he's going to gather all the Gentiles that are alive at that time for this particular judgment. Now, the sheep and the goat are identified as Gentile believers and unbelievers. Now, I don't believe any of these sheep or the goat will be Jewish people because they are contrasted with the sheep and the goats as my brethren in the passage. It's actually my understanding in the New Testament that sheep are regularly referred to as Christians, as believers. And if this is a common term Jesus used during his earthly ministry, and he's talking to the apostles, then the apostles would know that he's referring to sheep as the believers, and would naturally assume that the goats are contrasted with the believers as unbelievers. Not only in this contrast, but we also know when we read Daniel chapter 8, verses 8 through 12, that goats are a reference to unbelievers. Many times it's used as a sacrificial animal in the Old Testament and in the Hebrews, but in Daniel chapter 8, the horn comes out of the he-goat, and this is the Antichrist in those verses, and then the people that are aligned with this goat are aligned with the Antichrist during that time. Finally, we know that the sheep are believers because they will inherit the kingdom, and we know that the goats are unbelievers because they are cast or they are sent into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And so sheep believers go unbelievers. Knowing this and seeing this judgment in Matthew chapter 25, we have to turn our attention on the actions that Jesus is speaking about in this passage that both groups take or do not take towards the Jewish remnant, my brethren. Now these actions or works are revealed in verses 35 and 36 and 42 through 43. And these actions are feeding them, giving them drink, protecting them, and visiting them, whether sick or imprisoned. You see, these sheep are said to have done all these things 
while the goats have neglected to do any of those things. And this is the part where the controversy comes in, that those that treated the Jewish people correctly or well are, are favorably, they're able to inherit the kingdom. Those that did not treat the Jews well, they're sent to hell. Now, in surface level, this does seem to teach a work-based salvation, but it isn't. Let me explain. Now, it is commonly held and taught that those who had already believed in the Messiah's coming and his first coming, that when he came 2,000 years ago, that those who were under John the Baptist's teaching naturally left John the Baptist and followed Jesus. Their following Jesus revealed the fact that they were believers because they received his teaching and they left John and followed him. Then we get into Matthew 24, verses 15 and 16, where Jesus talks about the abomination that makes desolate is set up. And that those that are there, they flee to the mountains. Now, these Jewish people that flee to the mountains aren't Christians because they flee, but they flee because they are Christians, because they're alive at that time, because they trusted in the prophecy of Scripture, and they say, this is what I see, I'm leaving. Then finally, in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, where confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that's in reference, I have another video that talks about it, to the Jewish remnant during this tribulation period. At the end of the tribulation period, that's going to acknowledge Jesus as Messiah and call for his return and deliverance. This fulfills Matthew 23, 39, where Jesus says he is not coming back until the Jewish people acknowledge his Messiahship and say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, and they seek for his return. That's when Jesus Christ will come back. In all these cases, it's not the action that saves them. But rather, it's because they were saved, because they were believed and already positionally justified, they took those certain actions. So they did these things because they were believers, not to become believers. Now, what's interesting is the fact that in each of these accounts, they're occurring during transitional periods. Within dispensations, in Jesus' first coming, those leaving John the Baptist to follow in Jesus, it was a transitional period between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now in Daniel, in the book of Revelation, and the book of Romans, we're seeing these passages in a transitional period between the church age and the kingdom period. So we can't assume just because works are mentioned that it's teaching a works-based salvation because the entirety of Scripture reveals that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. What are the results of the actions taken by the sheep and the goats? Well, the results for the sheep is simple to understand because in verse 34, we see that they inherit the kingdom. Jesus doesn't say they enter the kingdom, but rather that these sheep inherit the kingdom. Remember, and I have a video on this as well, inheritance is a reward based upon faithful service. One cannot inherit unless they have already entered. These sheep have already entered because they were believers, but because of their faithfulness during this time, their reward of these actions is the fact that they will inherit the kingdom or have rulership authority in that kingdom age. Now, what about verse 46, where it points out the righteous going unto a life eternal? Well, like I said, to inherit eternal, uh, inherit anything, you must first enter. Their inheritance reveals their entrance. So yes, they are going into life eternal, but also because eternal life has a future aspect in this regard, it reveals the qualitative aspect, not the quantitative, 
and it reveals the quality of eternal life they will have, the abundant life, the higher quality of eternal life that will be received during that time. Now, on the other hand, the goats are said to be uh, cast into hell in verse number 41, and many point out it's because of how they did not treat the Jewish people well during that time period, and that's what sent them to hell. But as I already explained, the treatment of the Jewish people, it reveals what they had already believed or not believed. This dividing between sheep and goats happens well before that. So it's not the lack of treating the Jewish people well that made them goats, but it's because they are goats that they did not treat the Jewish people well. Now we see this terrible persecution by the Gentile people that are unbelievers under the authority of the Antichrist in various passages in Scripture to include Revelation 19.19 and Revelation 19.21, where there is a general a Gentile army that is commanded under the, the beast, and they are wanting to attack and go to war with Jesus during his second coming. This army isn't believers because they try to fight against Jesus, but they fight against Jesus because they are unbelievers. There is a difference. So why do the goats seem to repent in Matthew 25, 44 and call Jesus Lord? When have we done this, Lord? Well, it goes back to Romans 14, 11 and Philippians 2, 10 and 11, where the passages speak that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God in heaven. This is clearly what's happening here. And although for many it's going to be too late, if we ever knew, only knew they'll say, but they never believed. So, at the judgment of the sheep and goats, it does reveal that the sheep are believers, and it does reveal that the goats are unbelievers. But it's not the work, the actions that they take that makes them believers or unbelievers, but the fact that because they are believers or because they are unbelievers, they will take certain actions during this transitional period between the church age and the kingdom period. Well, that's it, sheep and goat judgment in a nutshell, at least according to my personal study. I can elaborate more on this, but I wanted to get a quick, short, concise video out. So like, comment, share, subscribe, let me know your thoughts. And until next time, God bless.